my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> What's up? I'm Laura Carrenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia, episode 13. 13. So I think this is our lucky, lucky number. We said episode 11 was our lucky, but I think 13 is our no, lucky. That was Corbin's lucky. That's Corbin's lucky. This is our, our lucky. lucky. We have a very special guest today, Linda Boff, CMO of GE, my boss, your and client. And my client. And I think one of the things that people get to hear on this show from us is, you know, what we think is disruptive in the industry and where we see the white space and the opportunity. Linda's living it. And quite frankly, Linda's pioneered a lot of it. A lot of it. And like, it's so funny because like, I was just talking to someone recently and they were saying, oh, we don't do RFPs anymore, requests for proposal, right? Right. And Linda, a couple of years ago, wrote this piece, RIP, the RFP, which I loved and we loved. We loved. We, yeah. we, were, we co-signed we it. We co-signed it. And I think that, you know, it's really easy to hear those headlines. It's easy to read those articles and see the out 
outcome, right, right of her decisions. Right. I think we're really lucky to sit with her and understand what goes know, into it, what goes into it, or at least get a glimmer of how she thinks about and who she thinks about being at the table while she's making those decisions. So part one of our CMO confidential series starts right after the break with GECMO. Linda Boff. We'll be right back. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, Health HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We're here with Total Girl Boss, CMO, Executive. Our boss. Our boss. <laughs> Let's be honest. GE, the one and only. Linda Boff. 
Welcome, Linda. So great to be here. I love that this <laughs> is episode you. 13. It's a good, it's a lucky it's number. A good number. I think it's lucky. I love it. And I'm, I'm, also, I'm honestly, I'm so honored to be here. Oh, you two are my heroes. Oh, please. <laughs> Come on. So we, Alexa and I have spent a lot of time prepping for this interview, which is funny because we don't usually do We that. don't usually do it. Uh-oh. I feel <laughs> because, like I'm totally on the hot seat. <laughs> no, because we know, obviously, having worked for you, we were going over it in our head the last five or six years very closely on a lot of the work that you've done. We feel like the industry has done a great job of covering and asking you questions about the work we've all done together. But what we want to use today for is to give people the side of Linda that people don't normally get to see and like what inspires you, like how do you embrace your leadership role and sort of the qualities that you look for in up and coming talent and those sort of things. So we're going to get right into it. And also things that like make you tick as a CMO. So personal and how you kind of your view of the world, because we know Laura and I know it's really unique, right? Because it was always so exciting to think about what does good look like mm-hmm. to you? And you have always been this person who can identify this is the direction and this is good. This is where we should go. How do you do that? I really feel like this is a trio, right? We've worked together for six, six years, years or mm-hmm. so. And I'm so unbelievably proud of what we've done. And when I think about it, I think part of why the body of work feels as good as it does to all of us is that I think we always start in the right place, which is what is the user, viewer, listener going to attach to? And, you know, why is this going to get somebody excited? Why is somebody going to engage? What's going to be differentiated for GE, but not just differentiated for GE, right? Sort of bring to life yeah. the the essence of who we are, but in a way that the person at the other end, whatever that end is, is going to find super inherently interesting. And I, I don't know, I think that's been our North Star and we've come up with lots of ways that have gotten us there, um, whether it's unique partnerships, um, you know, we have so much fun thinking yeah. about where the industry's headed. You know, it's a tired expression where the puck is going, but it's not tired the way we do it, right? We do it in right. a way of um, what's next. Yeah. And it's just, that's the great fun of what we do is puzzling that out. It's so funny. So, gosh, I want to say it was like probably five years ago, we were working on this 30 Rock thing. Do you remember this? So Super well. And I still remember sitting in the office and you looked at me and Andy Goldberg, our creative director, chief creative officer now. And you said, this has got to be human and it's got to be really funny. We are funny. Yeah. This show is built about us and we're funny. Yeah. Right. And it totally changed how we approached everything. And I remember that day saying, not only is this a person who's kind of rewriting the rules in a right, presumably B2B space, rewriting the rules in how do we actually question things? And Laura and I talk right. about this a lot on the show is like, don't let um, your network or your media buyer or someone just hand you something and say, oh, that's OK. We're going to fill that space. Right. You question the space. 
I remember, it's really nice of you to say, I remember a conversation, uh, it has to be about five or six years ago. This one was with BuzzFeed, with uh, Jonah Peretti, who's literally one of my heroes, probably the same thing for both of you. And we were having this debate, it was early-ish days for BuzzFeed, and I mean, we all know what they're so great at in terms of how they frame their stories, etc. And the debate was, um, as brands were entering the BuzzFeed space, my feeling, and I think all of our feeling, was whatever a brand did had to be as good, if not better, than what was appearing on BuzzFeed. Yes. Because that's what you're up against, right? Yes. It's what's interesting. Well, what's it's amazing. What's amazing. What's Keith funny. Grossman, literally in our last episode, said it's only branded content when it's bad content. Exactly. Yeah. And branded we were like, con- somebody needs a tattoo that somewhere. Really? I mean, <laughs> branded content feels like a slur to me. Yeah. And I think it's an excuse to say, well, it's not as good. I mean, what's content anyway? Yeah. It's a great story. And we all want to be in that business of figuring out what makes a great story. And uh, the bar I hold us to, and I, I know because you're my partners on all of this, is the highest bar, yes. right? right? Not the highest bar for a brand, just the highest bar. Yes. That is the that huge is, that differentiator is a huge in the market. differentiator yeah. in a leader to be able to see that talent. How do you do that? Do you think about it? I think about it a lot. I mean, I would say, you know, I think about the work that we do and I think about the people who do that work and they're, they're really inseparable. You know, at GE, we have a really, really small team inside. And then we have some fantastic partners and Giant Spoon's a fantastic partner and BBDO and Vayner. And we have others that sort of come and go at different points. And it's one family, right? Right. I always think of it as kind of like Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) I definitely spend more more, more time with people in that all agency meeting on a regular basis than I probably do my own family. But you've created an atmosphere where... There's this inherent respect, but at the same time, and I know you love this, like tension to get to the best idea. And I think a lot of people struggle in the industry with this idea. Do I need one agency that does everything? Do I need an agent, one agency to do one thing? And what does that look like? And you've kind of created this dynamic between, like you said, key stakeholders and then visitors, depending on the project. What was sort of the impetus in trying that? And do your colleagues at the CMO level talk about that in a world where the role of agency versus publisher versus everybody else who wants a piece of the pie is changing rapidly? I mean, I've always felt as though you want the very best people around the table. Yeah. And they can be working at an agency, they can be working at a um, analytics company, they can be working at a platform. I've tried hard, and it, this part I don't think is easy. People get comfortable with who they're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. And I think diversity of thought and tension is good, not bad, which is a funny thing because I'm very conflict averse. I don't like conflict. I don't like fighting. Um, but I like that. Is the, true. I really That's a really you know honest, that. Yeah, it's a very totally honest thing. Totally I don't honest. like fighting. Yep. I'm not a good fighter. Well, I know I'm, you a, I'm an okay out. fighter, but um, <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> no, but you'd rather not deal with that. I'd rather I not deal with that. Yeah. And That's what I say. You Send me out there. (laughs) You're a good fighter. (laughs) I I think that when you have people who come from different places, different perspectives, and who are willing to kind of debate for the sake of getting to a great place, that's what makes fantastic work. If you're debating about the people, that's bad, right? Right. Like that's where you get – 
politics and conflict and bullshit. Yeah. You want to debate yeah. about how to get to a great place. And that's what yeah. I feel like we do. So when I hire people, have the opportunity to bring people on the team, everybody's different on our team. Everybody has a different totally background, different. different perspective. But there's certain character traits I love. Um, resiliency, mm. you know, that ability to serpentine and get to – Yes, get to, or at least the possibility of yes. Or I get think to fuck yes. Can get I to say fuck, fuck yes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get to fuck yes, yeah. I think is super important. Yeah. Um, the ability to win. Um, I'm friendly with Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I love his winning spirit. I love his desire to figure it out. Um, I like optimism. I think that's really important. Curiosity. And people who – Beth Comstock just had a fantastic medium blog on this idea of um, the importance of useless information. And I think people that have lives, that have done and experience and um, traffic in culture or sports or gossip or EDM or food or fashion, you bring those things in. And that's what makes for really interesting, right? It's those cultural touch points that mix with innovation, that mix with technology, that help a 125-year-old brand, you know, stay relevant. Yeah. So I think it's those kinds of different points of view. Maybe it's scientific, but I, again, I've watched you. So you, you talk about how all these people, you bring all these different people in and perspectives in. You really embrace them, though. And I've watched, like, it's almost this amazing thing, like um, the founder of 4chan. Chris Poole. Chris Poole. Great friend. and Who became a really good friend of yeah. yours and a great advisor to our team at yeah. times. Um, and I and a contrarian. And a contrarian. But, which, you know, he's so thoughtful. So yeah. one of the things um, that Chris kind of helped with was who were people out there in kind of um, internet culture yeah. that we should just know and talk to and not even necessarily work with, but yep. hear from. And I think, I mean, you guys are wonderful at this. Like, who do you hear from? Yeah. And how does that inform the work? Yeah. And sometimes it can be wacky. And, and by the way, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Sometimes there's an idea out here and, and you just can't pull it in, even if you want to. Um, but I, I, you know, as a brand, going back to the brand side, although we can talk about people, um, embracing our interestingness, our onlyness, yes. wh- whatever, it's not going to be just our machines. You know, our machines are right. great. We have the best machines in the world, but that's not what necessarily makes the best story. That's right. It's how other pieces come to bear that allow you to just put on a different set of glasses, a different lens and right. approach it. And I, I think that's what, our partners have been able to do. And I guess, Laura, even though I don't like fighting and I don't like conflict, I am incredibly comfortable with people around a table not being comfortable if I know we can get to a good place. And I think yeah. because I am collaborative by nature, I try to pull that out of people in the right yeah. way. Is there? Do you, so I know this has been like a big topic of conversation and sometimes I laugh at it and sometimes I think about it. Like people talking about the role of CMO and how it's changing and how CMOs are new. The, the new CIO is the new CMO. and da, da, da. I mean, what your point is, is like you can't forget the storytelling part, right? You, you can't to, you forget to, the art part. No, you need to capture attention and you need to capture demand. Right. And they're both important. Right. I mean, you know, we're at GE, uh, like a one of the top brands in the world. It's, you know, our 
brand is responsible for, you know, 30% of purchase decisions. Yes. You can't take GE off a turbine or a locomotive or a wind turbine and have it mean the same thing. No, brand opens doors. Brand opens doors. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the title of this episode. Brand, brand op- opens, opens doors. <laughs> but data, you know, what's that expression? A friend of mine years ago said, um, creative inspired, data informed. Mm, yeah. And I think yeah. that's still kind of true. Yeah. You know, you want an idea to live on its idea, but how do you not know what's knowable out yes. there based on data? I love that. Know what's knowable. Know what's knowable. And now we have the ability to do it even more. Much more. Yeah. So one of the things I think that people in this industry, um, A, email us a lot about, B, question what the hell our strategy is, and C, we just tell them to wait and see. But this idea that we are not a business that relies or has relied on in quite some time on programmatic. We are not uh, a brand. I'm speaking on behalf of G that focuses. I was wondering about the way. So sorry. <laughs> Yes, yes. Sometimes it's hard to separate myself. Uh, it reminds please me. never do. You are um, absolutely a family member. <laughs> but one of these things where I think what you're getting to is like data is a part of the story. It's not the story. Yeah. And we've seen people take data and engage in bad behavior with it. And one of the things we've talked a lot about in our circle of beating things up and developing strategy moving forward is that for us, programmatic, when you like G doesn't have an awareness problem, and we're certainly not selling you wind turbines through banner ads. Um, and we instead pivoted left when everybody else was going right and said, we're going to focus on attention. We're going to think about impact. And we're going to tell this story in ways that are new and exciting and embrace technology to do it. A lot of people, when we kind of went out and said death to the RFP, we went out and said, you know, we're going to spend over 80% of our budget in live programming. We're not looked doing upfronts. Look at us like we're not ago. doing upfronts. I love that. When you yeah. came we in, you're like, that. we're not doing upfronts. We were all like, thank yeah. God. Never but, made sense to me. No. I mean, maybe if our budget was, you know, a jillion dollars and you, you had to find a way, but it's just never made sense to me that at a time where you can market in real time that you'd lock your dollars in, you know, eight months ahead of time to something that may or may not work. There's That's another totally point. off There's the another, shelf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's another point of view. Yeah. But I mean, I think together we've created, I mean, I've used this expression before, sort of the, the Etsy of marketing, right? Yeah. Bespoke, mm-hmm. hand-stitched, you know, tenderly, lovingly, carefully. Totally thought through. Yeah. Who do we want to work with? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? What is Mike doing? Or what is Ozzy doing? Or what is the New York Times or BuzzFeed or Bloomberg? All great partners at the right time for the right thing. Yep. Not a checklist, yep. but a really thoughtful kind of um, – what's the opposite of a checklist? The opposite it's just, it's of – a smart curation. I mean, yeah, it was just it like is. a smart it curation yeah. at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. But My I mom tells right. me you have friends for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And I like to think of our media partners in the same way. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that you before. You've been, I'll send you you've, the been holding, you've been holding out on me. A reason, a season, and, and a, a lifetime. lifetime. Yeah. I love it. So when you go out and you make these big bets, when you talk about we're going into live, like the hell with the upfronts, all of this stuff, like, do you get reaction from people in unexpected places or it's kind of like everybody's like, I'm going to watch and see what happens over here? I didn't mean, are you talking to people? Yeah, about that? it's such a good question. I cannot remember a time in terms of our, let's call it our body of work, whether it was 
going to live or going on certain platforms first or doing what you guys created, pressing sort of, <laughs> you know, inspiration before it's time, but still a great idea. And thinking um, as much as I respect, you know, and have a ton of respect for so many colleagues going and saying, hey, what do you think? So I trust you guys. I, you know, I trust the team. I trust our partners. I trust um, our behavioral instinct. I trust the user. I trust sort of what's going to be appealing. And if it's part of a trend that's good, great. If it's not part of a trend, who cares if it's the right thing? And live was so the right thing when we started five, six years ago. It was really more or less before the onslaught of binge viewing and people saying, okay, you know, I'm really not going to watch television. I'm going to watch Netflix or Amazon. Yeah, it was was way before It was way before. And we said, you know, for us, given that our um, budget is discreet, let's go where we know there's a much greater chance of getting people's attention. Yeah. In a way, wasn't it that simple? Yeah. No, I can't wait for people to see what's next. Well, so that was that's a big (laughs) question. So you were... Early on in the digital space, you came from, you were the CMO of iVillage, right? A digital native brand. Yeah, yeah, but sort of one of the original portals. What's next? Like, what's the next big wave in marketing and advertising? And it's not a wave. It's just like, how are we going to live? So two thoughts. The first is, I think it was easier for me to come back to GE Corporate after being at iVillage with a different point of view because I lived it. I lived at iVillage, a site that really was so community focused. Yeah. Now, it was creaky old message boards where people were communicating with each other. It wasn't Facebook or Twitter or Snap or anything else. But it was a lesson to me that people want to talk to each other versus just, you know, look at the pretty painting. So it was just an invaluable lesson to kind of bring back. And I've never forgotten it, right, you know, in terms of behavior. Look, I think a ton these days, and maybe appropriately, as we sit here uh, talking on on Adlandia, about audio voice podcasting. Yeah, I, um, I think we should all obsess about voice. Um, here, here. In, in, yeah. agree. Right? <laughs> Not just because we all three have sultry voices, yes. but because I think voice is, we see it all the time, you know, Google Home, Alexa, in your kitchen, starting to be in every room, starting to be in cars. So, you know, what does it mean to be a brand on voice right now? I think it's both late and early. I'm hoping it's more early than it is late and that if you're a brand like GE or Dove or City or, or, you know, Taco Bell or Duncan or whomever, there's a place right now to think about what is your agency, if you will, on voice? What is it when somebody asks Alexa, Amazon Alexa, or Google Home, <laughs> yeah. a question, um, or is looking for information, is there a role we should or could be playing there? It almost reminds me, because I've been around too long, of the early days of search and mm-hmm. domain, and what do you stand for, and you know who's buying what domains. So I think we need to ask ourselves as brands, what do you stand for on voice? And it's not all glass half full. I mean, I think voice is also challenging for brands. You know, what's the role of brand if visual is stripped out? Now, I don't think it'll be binary. I think not everything will go to voice. But to me, that's what we should 
be focused on. I think that's really important. So as you're well, looking, what do you guys think? What's what's the big thing? I mean, yeah, I think that the idea of ambient and like this uh, always on interaction is going to happen. We talk a ton about program life. Corbin and I did a whole thing actually about program life that your life essentially you're going to give AI some kind of um decisions, right? You're going to tell them. So we talk about this all the time. Amazon only buy, you know, toilet paper. I, from... I just ordered my first dash buttons. Do you have those in your house? Of course I do. Yeah. I just got them for the first time and I have too much toilet paper now because I'm obsessed with just that it comes. You don't have to think about <laughs> so it. Just keep, I just would spend so time going keep... to Target just to get those no, little utility things. Anymore. And now it's just there. I just but guess the what? You're getting what brand are you getting? Cottonelle. That is it. And so you're all of a sudden locked into a brand. So what I think brands are going to have to work harder. We're going to have this like amazing like opening, right? Where people can interact with brands from an audio standpoint and an ambient standpoint. But then you're going to start telling, you know, is it, you know, Amazon essentially that you want to only buy X or you only want to interact with X. All of a sudden that narrows. So, you well, know, and do so you, significantly. Do your, I mean, it's such an interesting topic. You know, when you make that first choice of Cottonelle, you know, does that then become your default and you never switch? That's right. Because Amazon has gotten to know you and, right. That's right. you know, and, and they recommend that forget. to me, which is bizarre. Right. I don't know. Maybe. I, but I, what whatever, about but. when Amazon has the Amazon brand, their generic brand or what have you? Which so it feels like it's not too far into feels the future. Like it's not too far into the future. The other one, you know, I think it's always interesting to think about, you know, the zig to the zag. Mm. So we were mm-hmm. again having this conversation earlier today, you know, in a world that is so ephemeral. Um, what does slow look like? Yep. And, you know, there's an appeal to slow. And I, you know, Live Earth, great example. Yep. You know, how many people tuned in to watch the birth of this little baby giraffe? giraffe yes. Uh, so many, many. But, but you know, you sort of think, you know, when everything's so fast, is there an appeal to slow? And, so this you know, is my yes, answer to your question. And physical, is that, all of a sudden, becomes physical, more important. With yep. attention and, and impact becoming increasingly narrowed and the idea that there's presumably more content available on a daily basis than we could possibly consume in i don't know 365 days at this point that's right what does traditional media and by that i mean places like print things like terrestrial radio out of home i'm placing Mm -hmm. big bets on out of home and experiential marketing because they are places that are devoid of noise. And so I actually had this conversation with women from Fastco the other day saying they were pitching a couple of unique ideas. And I said, I have to be honest, this is the first time in my career I'm saying I'm actually not interested in digital first. Because what you're selling, how am I getting people there? How am I keeping them there? Is it more compelling to get the right audience in front of this magazine profile that is, I can touch it, I can feel it, it's undisrupted. And so, you know, these are things that we can go around and debate till kingdom come. But I just I think it's interesting that starting to think of digital as traditional and difficult to break through on um, without the mechanisms like targeting and live and all of these things um, as ads on. I think what you're describing is is human nature in some ways, psychology major coming out, which is um, when does something become white noise? Yeah. And when it becomes white noise, do you need to pivot somewhere else? Right. You know, there are times um, where I think a print ad is absolutely fantastic. You know, not, I don't know, a month or so ago at the Paris Air Show, GE um, 
had $31 billion, with a B, dollars of <laughs> orders, jet engine orders, and we took out a print ad in Barron's. Best place in the world we could have done Communicate that. that yeah. Communicate that. I think terrestrial radio is a great example. Local, local can be radio, a great yeah. example. Yeah. So I think the hard part is, you know, the pendulum's always going to be swinging. Right. And I think it's where can you stand out with um, differentiation and context. Right, and value and, exchange, and value, right. value exchange, exactly. Like, none of us want to be in the business of interrupting. So I'll give you an example. I um, deliberately let my Spotify membership lapse because I wanted to hear Dad. what it was like not to be a member. And it's gruesome. And I love Spotify, and I support them. But the message I get as somebody who's on not the premium, but the normal is ad supported is don't listen to an ad. Do anything you can not to listen to an ad. Oh, I guess you have to listen to this ad. Now, I'm exaggerating, but it's always about such a good point. It's always about this idea of, you know, if you want to skip this ad, do X, Y, Z. And it's just this strange thing as a marketer that this is all about, please skip this ad, please skip this ad. So if it feels as though it's something that's um, bad content, going to interrupt you, none of us want to be in that game. Right. Yeah. I think we've made it our business to not, do anything we've made but. It, right? We've made it our business to do anything but. It goes back to that bar. Yeah. Right. What's the highest possible bar? And that becomes our new standard. Yeah, know, I, I don't want to be in the business of training people to hate advertising. I love that. So, Linda, we talk a lot about failure at GE, right? You and Beth have done an amazing job talking you have about permission slips. We've done an amazing job failing. No, <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think so. But uh, I don't either. But, but, but certainly not Beth. <laughs> no, neither of you. But I think that it's a really hard thing to grasp. You know, understanding how to succeed at failure, and. Like, did you have to like train? I don't want to talk about what that looks like for you, but did you have to train yourself to rethink? Because you, you're a thinker, obviously. To say I'm going to stop my Spotify subscription just so I can listen to the ads, just so I can experience something like the B side, the different side. It is the B is, side. It is the B <laughs> side. So like, and failure is the B side, right? It's the side we don't want to see. It's the side we don't want to hear. How do you train yourself to be comfortable with that? I, you know, look, it's a journey. I'm not sure anybody gets super comfortable with it because I think many of us, we're competitive, right? Yeah. Um, competitive to win. I'm not competitive with other people, but I'm really competitive when it comes to our work doing extremely well. Well, I'm probably competitive with a few people, but nonetheless. <laughs> so, you know, the idea of embracing failure, I think to me, the way I try to get my head around it is – when something doesn't work, it's about interrogating the idea, not interrogating the people. Yeah. And there's a really big difference. I actually learned that lesson from Dave Laurie mm. on our team, who's just an old soul. Oh, he's going to love that. He got the shout out. He's an old soul. He's a company um, man. Oh, really he's amazing. Is. And he said that to me in some meeting, right, of, you know, it's about the idea. And um, so I, I think that's I'm going to remind important. him of that in the next call Would we have you? together. <laughs> But Dave, like, he rises above. Yeah. yeah. And I think you have to rise above because everybody loves their idea. I love my ideas. Yeah. And I think when you make it about, well, this is bad, it's hard not to take it personally. Right. So I think you have to give space for it to be about a concept. 
And no, it's a really good answer. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, yeah. I think that's sometimes it's that simple. Yeah, and I think um, you have to have some rituals, mm. right? The startups I know. This is something I learned from Chris uh, Poole. I think a startup ritual or postmortems. We probably don't do enough of that, but I think when you do them in the right spirit, they're really healthy. Like not call them a postmortem. Like not call them a postmortem. <laughs> we need a new name. We for do our postmortems. We'll crowdsource we that. Yeah, exactly. Atlandia. Yeah. Atlandia. Yeah. Tell Atlandia. Us. What please, do you call please, listeners, give us another name. <laughs> so, Linda, of all the work that you've done that everybody admires and you've put out in the world and you've disrupted the industry. What are some of the brands or most memorable ads that you can recall in the last few years that you've looked at and said, now that's, I that's admire that. changing things? Yeah. You know, there's so much good work. And yet I think at the moment where you say, what's the best? Everybody says, huh, what was the best? Um, I mean, things stand out. I thought the Volvo uh, splits was really clever because yeah. – um, it was just an original concept. Van Damme. Yeah. Van Damme. I thought that was clever at the time they did it. Um, I love the Sapphire work, but I think that's a value prop around a card more than it is. The, totally. You know, I, I think it was just a fantastic value prop when they put it out there and it did exceedingly well. I've loved some of Google stuff when they've done great work. Um, you know, often the product just speaks for itself, but yeah. I think they've done some some great stuff over time. I don't know. What do you guys love? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hard on work. I'm hard on work, too. I mean, I don't – I think that – I mean, everybody talks about this, but for me, I think what Red Bull has built is so phenomenal and so right. And I think that some of the work that they've done with, like, Stratos was genius and not replicable, right, by anyone else. Yeah. I, I just thought of – yeah, yeah. yeah the, right. I, I completely agree. I mean, it was so bold. Uh, the Girl. Uh, at Wall Street. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, Fearless, Fearless Girl. Fearless Girl. Fearless Girl to me was, I know it's been overhyped, yeah. but I thought it was simply brilliant. I agree. Right? I love the line Super I read. Simple. A reporter wrote, it was the one piece of marketing that said something without having to say anything at all. And yeah. I thought that that was yeah. a really, really yeah. captivating way yeah. of, you know, yeah. putting something around a piece yeah. of marketing. I think what, and I talk about it way too much at this point, they should be giving me free classes. Um, but I think what SoulCycle has been able to do from a brand identity standpoint without having to collaborate or kind of step outside um, from a paid standpoint for that brand has been something that I've always admired. I mean, two women that found a market niche and a, and a, prod, a consumer need, as Alexa pointed out in our last episode. It's like, don't do something to make money, do something to solve someone's problems. Yeah, no, I love that one too. And, um, you know, we talked about Spotify earlier. I actually home, yeah. think their out-of-home uh, Seth Farman and Amy Ferris's work was just fantastic. Mm -hmm, when smart. that launched, I thought it was just like right on the money. Such a smart use it was of such local. A, exactly. Such a smart use of local and sort of a finding a way to use data to make their point. I thought that was at the when they launched, I presume it's still going, although I, I don't know. Um, I thought that was really good. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Cool. So those are a couple. Can I ask one last question? Yeah. What's your like go kick ass? If you were like, I'm going to go. What's your soundtrack? Gonna, what's, what's your soundtrack? soundtrack? What's your Linda Bob soundtrack? It doesn't I have ads. Soul. That we know. I don't, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have what? It doesn't, it doesn't have, have ads. ads. No, it doesn't have ads. <laughs> I tried that. No, it has great ads. <laughs> Um, when you're like getting, do you like if you like I'm gonna I'm gonna get pumped or I'm going in to box someone? Eminem. What? <laughs> yes, I love it. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Eminem. If I'm boxing, 
Eight mile buff. Eight mile buff. I love it. Don't count That's amazing. Up. All right. So we so have to play our, our favorite game. game. Okay. So it's <laughs> good. It's, it's very easy. What would you kill in the world, right? Not people, not bunnies, <laughs> right? No, but like what in the world of advertising, marketing, technology, what would you kill? What would you buy? Because you're like, we need this. I want this. And what would you do yourself? DIY. Kill, kill buy, do. Yeah. yeah. DIY. It's like yeah. our version of kill, fuck, marry. Yeah. Uh, kill all pop-ups. All right. Pop-ups are dead. Pop-ups are dead. Yes. I don't know who benefits from them. Buy. I always want to buy the unbuyable. Yes, you know, I that's, the, conver- that's, that's like- the conversation I feel like we always have with people in the media. What's for sale? Yep. I want to buy what's not for sale. Well, we go in and say, we're going to. And then yeah. we buy this. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do. So do as in start. Yeah. Or or what's out there that you're like, I could have done this myself. I have yet to find, and you guys tell me if you've seen it, a culture app that works for me. So Mm. I feel Mm. like with my data exhaust, with the amount of exhaust that I put out there in terms of what I'm looking up and searching for, nobody has created that definitive culture finder that says, okay, Linda, we know you love to read, watch, go to, and here it is. It's all fine. It's all fine. I have such a data breadcrumb out there. It's not even a breadcrumb. It's like loaves of bread. <laughs> it's, a so, it's a bakery. I have a data bakery out there. So somebody can find it and serve me absolutely fantastic content. That would be worth it. I love that. Linda Boff. This has been so awesome. A friend. So fun. A mentor. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming down. Such a treat. Happy 13th episode. And if people want to find you, but with, you know, good guardrails, please don't bombard Linda. (laughs) Call me first. How can they get in touch with you? I look at everything all the time. I'm on Twitter, Linda Boff. Um, Linda dot boff at GE.com. I say that wincing just a teeny little bit, but um, I'm easy to reach. You know, Laura.Corente at Giant Spoon. <laughs> That's filtering all requests, people. Well, Linda, thank you so much. Thank this you. This has pleasure. been a pleasure. Thank you both. And, uh, it was so much fun. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> if we weren't going to thank anyone, but still had to thank someone, we would thank Cameron Drews, our producer. Who, by the way, is looking so comfortable 13 episodes in. I mean, this guy looks like he's been doing this forever. It's because we have him on tranquilizers. <laughs> Deal with our craziness every week. Other but, big thanks, Matt Turk. Who, by the way, he, he finally called. He'll be in New York next week. Oh, he's coming. <laughs> our executive producer, Matt Turk. Yeah. Uh, Andy Bowers. And all of our family at Panoply. Thank you. And a, a special thanks to our colleagues. I think is this is the time and place to give thanks um, to our colleagues at GE who have been tremendous support system, all the agency partners we work with, um, and certainly Linda Boff for taking the time out of her busy schedule to come by and hang out with us in Atlantia. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks with an all-new episode. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.